Welcome back to Brojo Online. Today we're going to be having a look at stress. What is it? Why does it happen? And what can you do to reduce the stress levels in your life so that you can enjoy yourself more? This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Eckhart Tolle defines stress as being here when you want to be there. And I think this is possibly the best definition of stress in terms of cognition or psychology that I've ever heard. The idea that where you are right now, what is happening to you right now or inside you right now, is something other than what you want. You want to be somewhere else, someone else at that moment. And stress is that kind of vibrating heat inside you as you strain to be somewhere that you're not. Now what's really happening is a chemical reaction inside the body. You're having a fight or flight response to a real or perceived threat. And neurotransmitters are released. It's quite a complicated process. But the end result is a neurotransmitter or a chemical being introduced into your bloodstream called cortisol. Okay, and that's the feeling of stress is essentially that chemical flowing through your bloodstream. Now, this can create a feedback loop, which is that blood then goes back to the brain. The brain measures the amount of cortisol inside the blood, sees this as evidence that something stressful is happening, and so reinitiates the whole cortisol release process. So basically the brain stresses itself out. It sees itself being stressed as evidence that something stressful is happening, and so releases more stress hormones. So essentially you become stressed about being stressed. And this is probably the kind of stress that we need to address most in today's episode. The kind of stress where it goes beyond something real happening, an actual reaction to an actual event, and becomes you just becoming stressed about being life not being what you want it to be, about doubling down. I want to share a story from my own experience, because stress is probably the number one emotional reaction that I've struggled with the longest in my life, and it's only really over the last year or so that I've started to really get a handle on it. I cured my relationship with a lot of my other emotions in the last 10 years. Anger, disappointment, confusion, embarrassment. I kind of made my peace with those, but stress, really, I made no progress until very recently. And the wake-up call actually came from my girlfriend, my now wife. What had happened is I had been kicked out of the Czech Republic because I fucked up my visa. I had to flee to England, to the UK, and couch surf. I was kind of homeless, essentially, technically speaking. I was just living on people's floors and couches and begging for accommodation to ride out this three-month period that I had to wait before I could go back to check and resolve the issue. Now, this was a very stressful event, all of it. It was very shocking and there was lots of hassles and it was very difficult dealing with customs and immigration. Everybody gave us a different story. We found out that actually I shouldn't have been kicked out in the first place, but now I couldn't get back in. Of course, trying to find accommodation all the time while trying to uphold my business. And, you know, my poor girlfriend at the time is, is struggling with depression. And it was just a really stressful series of events with endless hassles, each day bringing a new disappointment or failed expectation. And after a few weeks of being in the UK, 
rationally I came to this conclusion, look, I've just got to deal with this. This is just life. It is what it is. Make the most of it. I always wanted to travel to the UK anyway, so now I can go check out London and all that kind of shit. I was kind of talking myself into accepting the situation. Fast forward a couple of months, my girlfriend's now come over to the UK to be with me and waited out with me. And uh, we were in a cafe. I remember this part quite distinctly. Uh, we were in Sheffield, I think. And I was talking to her about how I was still kind of stressed or unsatisfied. I can't remember exactly what I was saying, but, you know, I was frustrated that even though the event's long since passed and we've resolved it and we're going back and everything's okay now, I was still stressed. And she pointed out to me something that I was very resistant to, which was I hadn't accepted my stress. Now, what I mean by that is, as a confidence coach, as I identified as, and someone who helps other people live a good life, I found it difficult to accept that I had been so affected by this problem that it got to me and stressed me out. So I was actually stressed about being someone who got stressed. I was punishing myself for having been human enough to get stressed out by an event of such difficulty. And because I couldn't accept it, I was now stressed about being unable to accept it. So first I was stressed about being stressed, and then I was stressed about not being able to accept my stress. So the stress was just looping on itself. Even after the problem was solved, it would become stressed about my reaction to the problem. And even after that solved, it becomes stressed about my reaction to the reaction to the problem. It just kept looping. My bloodstream was just full of cortisol, and I hadn't done anything to reduce it. And every time I tried to force the cortisol out of my system, you might say, every time I tried to force myself to accept it or force myself to relax and demand that I stop being stressed, all I was doing was making myself more stressed. And when I look around, I just see people just bathing in stress. They're either exhausted by it and they become majorly depressed, or lethargic, lazy, procrastinating, or they're just on like high gear all the time, just burning. They can't sit still, they feel guilty about relaxing. They just really they, they can't enjoy things for very long before turning it into a chore of some kind. You know, they're just on high gear all the time. And that's what I really want to be talking about today is having a stress reaction is normal. But our reaction to stress as it happens is what's really killing us. And I won't go into the details now, but stress really is a killer. Prolonged stress leads to all sorts of mental illness and health problems. And most of all, just it's not enjoyable. You don't get to enjoy life if you're stressing about things all the time. Now, I still have work to be done, but my ability to manage my stress is so much better these days. I'll talk more about that in detail by the end of this. But to kind of plant the seed, it all came down to acceptance. Being able to know what I can control and what I can't, and accepting what I can't. But let's just dial back the clock a little bit and and just look at what stress really is. First, I want you to notice the subjectivity of it. Notice how stress is unique to each individual. I want you to just picture these scenarios in your mind, and just allow yourself to have a little reaction to them. Being stuck in traffic when you're late for a meeting. Making a phone call to someone that's uncomfortable to speak to. Meeting strangers for the first time. Starting a new job. Moving house. 
losing a loved one. Now these are all situations that a lot of people get very stressed about. But not everybody. Some people get stressed to the point of burnout by these situations, while others cruise through them or just process them in a healthy way. So I want you to start opening your mind to the subjectivity of stress. You might think that the things that stress you out are stressful in general. They are objectively stressful, that everybody would be stressed by them. But that's not true. You might find traffic aggravating to the point of despair, but if you look around carefully, you'll see that there's some calm people parked next to you tapping their steering wheel as they listen to the music, or laughing with the passenger, you'll see that traffic doesn't affect everyone like it affects you. There'll be some people for whom starting a new job is exciting. They can't wait. There's no stress about it, it's just thrill. Whether or not you moving houses stressful depends on how much you want to move. Or how well you organise the process of moving all your shit. I find moving house particularly stressful. But I know some people who just love bouncing from one place to another. And even losing a loved one, grief of course is normal, but the people who are traumatized for years and constantly worried about who's going to die next, you know, that's so much different to the person who takes a few months to process their emotions and ends up in a place of gratitude and love for the time they got to spend with them. What's the difference? That's what we want to figure out today. What's the difference between the person who gets stressed out by shit and it ruins their life versus the person who has the exact same experience and gets through it okay? I want to also point out that stress can also act as a placeholder for other emotions or suppressed emotions. You know, for a lot of my life I suppressed emotions like anger and fear, confusion. There are a whole bunch of them that I just didn't want to face and I didn't want to experience. And because I suppressed them, my emotional range got thinner. I I couldn't feel things as much, and I didn't really know what it was I was feeling. I just had vague sensations. You know, people who seemed to be wildly excited or massively upset, I I couldn't relate to that. I, I had bare minimum of emotion. I was quite apathetic. And so the emotions I suppressed, anger, confusion, and so on, all I could recognize them as was stress. All my so-called negative emotions were just came as one, stress. It was kind of like, like I said, it was like a placeholder. I didn't know what the other emotions were, so I just called them stress. And you might have that as well. You might be stressed, but actually you're afraid. Or you're angry. Or you're sad. Or you're feeling powerless. Or you're confused. And you just call all of them stress. And because you call them stress, you create that feedback loop where your brain then genuinely gets stressed because it's getting a message from you that you're stressed. So it starts producing cortisol. Now you can medicate stress, but that's not a long-term solution and it comes with negative side effects. So alcohol and drugs have brain-damaging side effects. It's a pretty obvious one. And I think this is probably the most or second to most common reaction to stress as people try to medicate in damaging ways. So they use sugar or drugs of various kinds to kind of numb themselves to the stress, to bring themselves back to a place of comfort and complacency. And the side effects, of course, are that they create more stress. For example, smoking cigarettes, the craving you feel for the next cigarette, that stress, is actually caused by the previous cigarette. 
You think that you're relieving stress with a cigarette, but all you're doing is relieving the craving that was caused by cigarettes in the first place. You're not relieving stress at all. If anything, you are now more stressed than you had if you are a non-smoker. So you've got the normal stress of life plus the stress of craving cigarettes. And when you have a cigarette and it relieves the stress of the craving, you think it's relieving stress in general. But all it's doing is planting the seed for the next piece of stress to grow. And you'll notice that you're still stressed out all the time anyway. Alcohol and drugs, there are some people who live under a cloud of cannabis or they take party pills and have a big blowout every weekend or they just... I know so many people, I'm surprised actually how many people drink alcohol every single day, which is just catastrophic for your health. And what they're doing, they just kind of get to the end of their day exhausted from the stress and they just numb themselves out. They just literally tranquilize themselves with alcohol, which of course is a poison. And as that poison works on your liver and your kidneys and you start to have problems, the, the malfunction of your body is going to create more stress. So you'll find old alcoholic type people are quite stressed out in general. You, they didn't feel it in their 20s, but they're suffering as an adult because of the health problems causing them more stress. And of course the brain damage. Alcohol and other drugs severely affects your cognitive abilities. So your ability to manage stress mentally is depleted over time by the use of alcohol and other drugs, including caffeine and nicotine. And so your ability to handle stress is destroyed by the medicine you're using. Now there's other medications that are prescribed, like Prozac, but they come with negative side effects, and you have to be careful about choosing to use these as your preferred method. I am for using medication in the right circumstances. If you're so majorly depressed or anxious that you cannot function even enough to do something about it, then of course use medication. But using medication just because you feel a bit uncomfortable and you can't be bothered dealing with it is a terrible reason, and it's no different to using alcohol. So the problem with, say, a medication like Prozac is it numbs all emotion. It's like chemotherapy. Okay, it just kills everything in order to kill the bad one. So Prozac will take away your stress, but it'll also take away your motivation and your enjoyment of life and your ability to emotionally connect with people. It'll take away your caring altogether. And you'll just become like a robot sometimes. Sometimes stress is an okay price to pay in order to have the other ones. And the newest drug of choice, I think, for dealing with stress is distraction. Facebook, mindless chatter, laziness with TV and Netflix. Using a screen often to just focus your visual cortex, your, your optical part of the brain. So that whatever you're feeling just gets numbed out into the background. Of course, this only serves to delay dealing with the root cause of your stress. You're just putting it off. And it grows while you're putting it off. For example, ignoring your pile of bills that you need to sort through and pay. The longer you leave it, the more the bills pile up. They don't just stay the same waiting for you. They get worse. Or you don't want to confront a friend about their stressful behavior they become more obnoxious because no one's giving them feedback. And it becomes more of a presence. It becomes harder to confront them over time because you've left it so long. So these distractions actually cause to increase your stress, which again creates a loop. Your stress increases, you use the distraction or the drug. The distraction or the drug increases your stress, so you use it again. And down you spiral. Until one day you're wondering why you have cardiac problems or why you can't remember anything anymore or 
why your relationship seemed to be suffering without realizing, hey, you've been caught in this stress loop for fucking years and it's destroying your life. Destroying it. But it becomes hard to understand, well, where's my stress coming from? If some people don't find traffic stressful, why do I find it stressful? If some people aren't bothered by the political situation in the US, why does it bother me so much? And we come to realize the real cause of stress cannot really be biological, because then everybody would be having the same causes. Okay, It can't even really be considered cultural, because then everybody in each culture would have the same amount of stress. It has to be something to do with the initial start of the cortisol creation process. That initial reaction, it has to be something to do with that. Because that initial reaction is subjective. You don't know what you're going to be stressed out about. It just depends on who you are. I get stressed out about people being anti-vaccine, for example. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, you're going to kill us all. But there are other people who are like, like I've got a best friend, he just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't have kids and doesn't want them and he's quite happy for the human population to die. My thing that triggers me off, I don't know why that happens. I just have to accept it does happen. But it's not about that. It's about the perspective of it. People not vaccinating their kids isn't what stresses me out. It's my perspective of it. Viewing it as a threat. And not just a threat. A threat that I cannot easily vanquish or manage. It's being here when I want to be there. I have this clear image in my head of everybody being pro-science and understanding what scientific method is and therefore leading them to the conclusion that vaccination is safer than non-vaccination. But that world does not exist. I'm here in this world where people watch a YouTube video and it convinces them more than 50 years of scientific research. And that's what stresses me out, as I perceive that the difference between those two realities, the real reality and my, my alternate imaginary one, is a threat to me, one that I can't control. So the first element of my stress is that I'm focused on something I can't control. I cannot control how people vaccinate their kids, and I don't even know why I want to control it. I'm not really sure. I've got some vague definition of keeping the human race alive, but why do I want to do that? Why do I care so much about this thing? Why does people's willful ignorance affect me at all? All I know is that all those things I just described are things I can't control. I can't control vaccinations, I can't control people's ability to grasp science, I can't control people's ignorance or my own. So why am I so focused on it? All I know is focusing on those things that I can't control stresses me out. I want something that's other than reality. And I'm afraid that it's unattainable. So my suffering is caused by a lack of presence, a lack of gratitude. I'm not happy with what is. I want more than what is. And that stresses me out. So something about what I want stresses me out. So first I focus on something I can't control, and then I want something that doesn't exist. And now my stress is occurring. There's also possibly an unwillingness to endure pain or fear. It would be a big hassle for me to go and solve this vaccination problem. It might even be an even bigger hassle for me to just let it go. And just let the... The world come burning, you know, just let the world come crashing down. I'm unwilling to endure whatever that is. 
and so I hold on to my stress rather than letting it go. I see unmet expectations as, as a failure, as negative or threatening rather than neutral. Like my expectation that everybody would understand science and follow it has not been met. And yet, why do I see that as threatening or negative? Why can't I just see that as normal? As just, it is what it is. Why do I have to view it with a negative frame? Where does that come from? All I know is doing so adds to my stress. Now, the, the reality that stresses me out is just reality. Therefore, it is neutral. It can't be good or bad because there's nothing to compare it to. It just is. So me deciding that it's negative is subjective in me. I've chosen to look at it that way. That choice stresses me out. And the key one here, and this is one you can get from Vipassana techniques through Buddhism or mindfulness meditation and neuroscientific versions of meditation. I'm not intervening on the initial emotional stress reaction before I have a behavioral response. So for example, if I see some Facebook post where someone's like, vaccinations cause autism, I'm already typing, why do you think autism is bad, you sick fuck, into the comment section, and I haven't intervened between my reaction to the post and my reply. Okay, so the behavioral response to my stress is happening with no intervention. There's no point where I go, okay, that stressed me out. Why? What am I going to do about it? What's the best response? I've just gone, reaction, response, with no thought. And this is how we get into the feedback loop. I've now reacted in a stressed out way, which sends a signal to my brain that I'm stressed, so it creates more stress. And I'm now getting into the loop. My whole day might be ruined by some bullshit Facebook argument, because I'm looping. I keep pushing the button. And it keeps releasing, and then the release makes me want to push the button again. So I want you to, to think about your own situations that stress you out. Maybe if you're pro-vaccine, listening to me just then stressed you out. Maybe if you're anti-vaccine, listening to me rant just stressed you out. Find anything that stresses you out and notice that process you go through. First, you focus on something you can't control, or multiple things you can't control which basically is anything but your own behavior. And as you're focused on it, you start to want something that doesn't exist. And you're, you're afraid that you can't get it. You want something that can't be measured. It's imagined. It's fictional. It might be a reasonable expectation, but it's not real. Therefore, it's not really reasonable. You might want there to be no traffic. It's reasonable to want no traffic, but there is traffic. So it's not really reasonable because there's no reason to it. You're not present, you're not grateful for what is, you want more. You want something else. And you notice there's, there's some sort of pain or fear that you're probably unwilling to endure. You don't want to sit in the traffic, in the hot car. You don't want to take a longer route that you're not used to to get away from the traffic. Whatever it is, there's something you're avoiding here. Either acceptance or, or some sort of problem solving on your part. And you're seeing this thing that's happening, your unmet expectation, has been threatening. You know, like, oh my god, this traffic's going to wreck my day. When actually you're just sitting in a car, you're completely safe. It's just neutral. Nothing really that bad is happening. And even if something bad is happening, you're not dead. So what are you stressed about? And you'll notice that like, as you bang your hands on the steering wheel, going, fucking traffic, you haven't stopped to intervene before you had that behavioral response. 
Before you started banging your hands on the steering wheel, you didn't stop and go, wait, what is this feeling? What's the best way to deal with it? You just went, fucking traffic, and you just reacted. So just take a moment, whatever your key stresses are, just notice you go through that process. Can't control it, you focus on it, want something you can't have, unwilling to endure pain, seeing your unmet, your unmet expectations as, as negative or threatening, and just failing to intervene between emotional reaction and behavioral response. And in that, you see the solution to stress, the thing that I learned over the last year. First and foremost, you must refocus on what you can control. And that is pretty much exclusively your behavior. Okay, nobody makes you punch the steering wheel or put a hole in the wall. Nobody makes you yell at your partner. Nobody makes you rant on Facebook. Nobody makes you rush through your job. All those stress reaction behaviors, you chose to do them. You're in control of all of them. Now, you can't control the initial feeling of stress. That just happens to you. It pops out of the subconscious before you're even ready for it. But what you do next, that's on you. You can do something about that. And you need to focus on that. You can't stop the traffic. You can't stop people refusing to vaccinate their kids. You can't stop Donald Trump. You can't stop Russia being crazy. You can't stop any of these things. But you can control yourself. And that's here. That's now. That's power. Stress is a powerless place. It's being here when you want to be there. Well, your behavior is here. It's here and now. Being there is everything else. The next step is you have to make your peace with reality. You have to see your expectations, your wishes, your hopes. And notice that you're stressed because you're holding on to them. You're wishing there was no traffic. You're wishing people would vaccinate their kids. You're wishing that person didn't post such stupid shit on Facebook. And just notice that wish or that expectation. Just let it go. Just go, ah, I was wrong. That doesn't exist. I wanted sunshine, but there isn't sunshine. There's rain. The sunshine's a, a fiction that I hold on to. It's not real. Just let it go. Now, it's easier said than done. You might not feel like letting it go, and that's fine. Just keep noticing that it's not real. Okay, the thing I wanted does not exist. It's a fantasy. It's no different to wishing to suddenly have a million dollars magically appear in your bank account or have the ability to fly like Superman or anything like that. That's It's as bullshit as all of those things. It might seem reasonable to want what you want, but because it doesn't exist, it's not reasonable. There's no reason to it. There's no rationality. You might think it's reasonable to not want there to be traffic, but if there is traffic, then you're a delusional person. You were clearly wrong. And when you think about it, you'll realize how wrong you are. You'll sit there on the motorway or the highway going, oh, I wish there wasn't traffic. And then you go, wait, I'm on the highway in the middle of the morning when there's roadworks and I think there's not going to be traffic? What am I, fucking mental? We're like, here I am, looking at the human race with all its cognitive biases and its faulty brains and its evolutional errors. And I think that people are all going to understand science and be rational. I'm the fucking mental one. So when you look at your situation and look what you expected, you know you must be wrong because you're seeing the evidence right in front of you. So try to figure out 
how you were obviously wrong rather than clinging to thinking you're right and the universe is wrong. Your plane is delayed at the airport. The plane isn't wrong. You're the crazy person who thought every plane was going to be on time. That's a really unreasonable thing to think when you think of how many planes there are, how complicated airports are, how difficult it is to just organize going to the shops. Imagine trying to organize a fucking airport. Of course they're going to be late. Half of them are going to be late just because of weather, which nobody can control. So whatever you wanted was definitely unreasonable. The evidence is right in front of you. Let it go. You were wrong. There's a piece in there. The universe is never wrong. Reality never makes a mistake. You just expected something that was never going to exist. And just because it existed in the past, like last time you drove, there was no traffic, that's not evidence of shit. This time there is traffic, so you're wrong this time. Case closed. Then you start to practice gratitude. While some things aren't going to plan, some things are. First and foremost, you're fucking alive. You gotta start using being alive as a measure of success. Because most of the humans who have ever existed are dead. Okay, there's over 20 billion have died since Homo sapiens first came into being. And you're one of the ones that aren't dead. You're killing it. Alright, you're doing pretty well. Yeah, traffic's a hassle, but you're alive. And you're a lot more than alive. And I hate to be comparative like this, but if you've got the technology to listen to this podcast... You're doing a lot better than pretty much most of the planet. You might not have experienced it. Maybe you've never been to Africa. You know, maybe you've never been to the dead center of Asia and Southeast Asia or India. But there are people doing a lot worse than you, I fucking promise. You might be broke and maybe your girlfriend just dumped you and you're putting on too much weight. But I tell you what, there are some people who would call your existence fucking paradise. And you've just become complacent about it. You don't have a comparative measure. You don't know what it's like to be worse. When I got kicked out of Czech Republic to UK, I thought, man, this is so unfair. But what a ridiculous thing to think. Here I am with the ability to travel. I could afford to deal with this problem. I had friends and family who were willing to help me out. I got to go to the UK, something I'd been procrastinating on for ages, and now at least I was forced to do it. I had food in my belly, I had a roof over my head, I had people who loved me, I had work that I enjoyed. I still had the ability to work out and explore things and socialize. The fuck am I complaining about? There's plenty of good shit going on in my life. I just lost sight of that temporarily. And even those of you who are chronically depressed and your family hates you and it doesn't seem like there's a lot to be grateful for, just look up. There's probably a roof over your head right now. You're probably not starving. You probably have fresh, clean water and easy access to it. You obviously have access to technology because you're listening to me talk right now. Things aren't as great as you can imagine, but you ain't dead, not even close. So tick off the things that aren't bad because you just, you've forgotten about them. And if you've been stressed for a very long time, you've probably forgotten about them for a very long time. Now, you don't have to, like, force yourself to feel grateful. Just acknowledge. So, yes, I have a roof over my head. Yes, I'm probably not going to die today from starvation. Yes, I have access to clean water. Yes, I have access to technology. I live in a country that has welfare so that I don't end up homeless. Just list them off and just go, okay, I'm not going to force myself to go, yay, I, I feel good about these. Just acknowledge them. 
face the facts. Now the next one is about willingness to endure pain. By pain we mean things like confusion, hassle, embarrassment, frustration, having to be patient and wait, queuing. These are the kinds of pains that we're not willing to endure that cause us stress. But as soon as we choose them, you'll notice the stress goes away. You can be like, fuck, I'm stuck in traffic. Or you can be like, all right, I guess today I choose to be stuck in traffic. Because you do choose it. You could get off at the next exit and just go hang out somewhere, but you're not. You're going to stay in the traffic and go to your job. So you chose it. And you might be like I was, I missed a flight once. I missed a flight when I was in Kuala Lumpur because I didn't set my watch properly. And the next one wasn't for 24 hours. I had to wait for 24 hours in a foreign airport where very few people spoke English and all the so-called support services were massively unhelpful and I had like not enough money to buy another ticket pretty much. Plus I couldn't get a reception. It was just all these hassles. And how I was stuck at the airport and I made that very painful. And then I decided, well, I've got 24 hours where I don't have to do anything but wait. So I'm just going to choose to wait. And I'll message my audience and tell them about my struggles and how I'm dealing with it. And I'll read my book. And I'll have a look around the airport and just kind of, I'm going to choose to wait. And once I've chosen to wait, and once I've gone through the hassle of buying a new ticket and sorting out customs again, made the phone calls, all the things I didn't want to do, I just did them. Now there's really nothing to be stressed about. I'm in a situation I chose to be in. I could walk out of the airport and create an even worse situation, but I didn't. So choose whatever pain you're in. All you have to say is, I choose this. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to run away. That is an option, but I'm going to choose this one instead. And you'll realize you no longer feel forced, and that'll reduce your stress. Another one, much more philosophical especially in the Stoicism philosophy or Taoism, even Buddhism, seeing all outcomes as potentially beneficial. You don't have to go as woo-woo as to say that everything the universe does is for you, but more like you could make it for you if you wanted to. Being stuck in traffic could be a hassle, or it could be a great chance to sing along to the radio, or to collect your thoughts about the day ahead, or to practice your presentation to the in a company boardroom, whatever the fuck. My frustration with people being anti-vaccine or whatever, it's a chance for me to practice tolerance, understanding. It's a chance for me to bolster my own scientific knowledge. As I lament that people don't understand science, I realize, do I? When's the last time I refreshed myself? Literally just today, I, I subscribed to sciencedaily.com's email newsletter about the mind and brain just to make sure I'm up to date with the latest neuroscience. So people being anti-scientific triggering me off became a platform to improve my own understanding and learning and education. Rather than just sitting there dwelling on it, I used it as motivation and inspiration. Pretty much any situation you're in, no matter how shitty it is, it's training you in endurance, resilience, tolerance, it's giving you an opportunity to live by your values in a challenging context. There's plenty of benefits waiting for you. You're dirt broke? Great. You'll notice how many super successful people were dirt broke at some point in their life, and that was usually right before they made their big breakthrough. 
your, your girlfriend broke up with you and nobody else wants to be with you, awesome. Now you get to really make the most of being single. You can do all those hobbies that you didn't have time for and so on. Everything that's happening to you is not really stressful if you see it as a benefit, and it is a benefit if you want it to be. You get to make it into a benefit. This isn't some spiritual shit. It's just fact. Everything could be training. Everything could be education. Everything could be some sort of test of resilience. It's all waiting for you to make it into a benefit. When I got kicked out of check, going to the UK, I got to spend time with my cousin, a guy I didn't see much in my childhood, and we managed to form a really close bond. We hadn't had deep and meaningful conversations much before that, and we got to spend like three weeks together because I was living on his floor. I got to meet family I didn't know existed. I got to hang out with some of my UK clients and friends that I'd only ever known online. Lots of benefits in being kicked out and going to the UK. Sure, there were a lot of hassles, but I could choose to make it beneficial. Instead of sitting at someone's couch and moping, I went out and explored London. I went dancing in Sheffield with my girlfriend and I met new people and experienced new things. You've got to carefully intervene. You get your stress response. You know what it feels like. You get tense. You start rushing. You got this hot feeling inside you. Everything's irritable and frustrating. Or you're worried more than usual. You'll be like, oh shit, I'm having it. It's happening. I'm looping. And you can intervene and just stop yourself doing those autopilot behaviors. Go, wait, 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 wait. I'm stressed. I don't react well when I'm stressed. I need to manage my reaction. And you'll notice yourself doing something called pain shopping. I think it was Brene Brown who made up this term. Where once you're stressed, you'll start looking for reasons to be stressed. You notice yourself do that? Suddenly everything pisses you off and everything's unfair and you're like hunting it out. You're like, oh, who left the fucking dishes out? You know, oh, this guy's parked in my spot. You're just looking for reasons to be even more stressed, like justification for feeling this way. Well, that's that loop process. Your brain is now stressing about stress. It's looking for more reasons to keep the loop going. You've got to intervene and go, wait, just because I had a stressful morning doesn't mean my life's over. I can end it this morning. That doesn't mean you stop the feeling. It means you stop the stressed out reactions. Stop rushing. Stop snapping at people. Stop being so irritable. Stop pounding your fucking hands against the steering wheel. Stop doing stressful things. And start changing your behavior back to basically do what you would do if you weren't stressed. If you're calm and relaxed, do that behavior and you'll cut off the loop. So now you'll be having a stress feeling, but you'll be doing a calm behavior. So you're not sending new stress signals to the brain. Slowing down is the best one. Stressing makes people rush. Okay, just slow the fuck down. With the exception of people who slow all the way down when they're stressed and they just crash and burn. They just hide under the bed covers or binge on Netflix. Those people need to do more. So drop and do 10 push-ups. Burn up that stress energy. Physical exercise or slowing down and calming your behavior are the two best responses to stress that I've used. Like the more stressed I am, I tend to be a rusher. So if I'm stressed, I try and do more and more. And I've found that the best way to react to that is just do less. Stop what I'm doing, take a break, chill, talk, slow myself right down. And the stress feeling fades. So ultimately, the management of stress is more about philosophy than physiology. It's about your initial reaction to the first wave of stress. 
It's about managing that with responsibility. Focus on what you can control. Acceptance. Let go of all the fantasies and what you can't control. Be present. Do something here and now. Make it all about right here and right now. Be courageous. Do what needs to be done. Take on what needs to be taken on. Choose it. And practice endurance. If this is something that's going to take a while and you just have to get through it, then bathe in the experience. Treat it like every second you spend there, you get stronger. See how many seconds you can handle. Hope that helps. That's how I manage stress, or that's the lessons I've learned over the last year. I've still got work to be done, so there may be an update to this later on. But uh, yeah, let me know how it went for you. Comment in whatever section of comments are below this thing. Or message me dan at brojo.co.nz if you've got more ideas or you want further support through coaching. I'll see you all next time.